Attention Northwest Arkansas businesses and talent seekers. Introducing Onboard NWA.com, your hyperlocal job board crafted for our unique community. Struggling to find the perfect match for your job openings? Onboard NWA simplifies the hiring process, connecting you with the region's top talent through tailored talent matching solutions. Whether you're an employer seeking expertise or a professional looking for your next opportunity, Onboard NWA is here for you. Discover more at onboardnwa.com and let's build the future of Northwest Arkansas together. Northwest Arkansas, Randy here, bringing you a quick word from our sponsor, Signature Bank of Arkansas. Since 2005, Signature Bank has been all about empowering our community with local ownership and top-notch banking services. Signature Bank's roots run deep with assets over a billion dollars, and they're right here in your backyard with branches in Bentonville, Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, and now including Harrison and Jonesboro. With a growing family of more than 200 teammates, they're ready to serve you with the warmth only a true community bank can offer. And they've got Banco C, the first bilingual bank in Arkansas, to ensure that banking is for everyone. So give Signature Bank a call at 479-684-3700 or visit Signature.Bank online. Mention you heard about them on the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast for that personal touch. Signature Bank of Arkansas. Big on assets, local at heart, and a proud member of the FDIC and an equal housing lender. It's time for another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas, the podcast covering the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life in general here in the Ozarks. Whether you are considering a move to this area or trying to learn more about the place you call home, we've got something special for you. Here's our host, Randy Wilburn. Hey folks, and welcome back to another episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and I'm excited as always to be with you. I have got a great episode for you today. You guys know that I just run into people in random places. People reach out to me all the time saying, hey, you have to have this person on. You have to have that business on your podcast. And I really appreciate those connections. And this next guest is certainly no exception to that rule. I am actually here at Ozark Compost and Swap. And part of the reason why I'm sitting here with these folks who I'm about to introduce in a second is that if you don't know me, I am actually a very, very mindful individual when it comes to our environment and really taking care of it. And a lot of it stems from my time living in California and Berkeley of all places. And if you know anything about Northern California, I mean, Californians in general, are pretty aware of the environment. But if you've lived in Berkeley, 
they are hyper aware of the environment. I mean, they do recycling. They do what we're about to talk about at a whole nother level. And so I, I got it honestly at an early age, just out of college when I spent six years in the Bay Area. And so anytime I hear about organizations and businesses and people that are doing things to make the environment better, I always want to figure out a way to highlight and tell their stories. And so these guests that we're about to hear from today on the podcast are no exception to that. I'm here with Ricky Ludeman and Tina Flakowitz. And Tina and I connected a while back. She came to the Black Expo there at the Fayetteville Town Center. And then we also connected at the Big Brew in Springdale at Sam's Furniture Outlet Building. And the Big Brew is an event that the Springdale Chamber of Commerce puts on. And I'm not sure of the frequency of that event, but they do a really good job bringing businesses from around Northwest Arkansas together to kind of encourage and help people and kind of spread the word. And I'm sure, Tina, you were there probably spreading the word of Ozark Compost and Swap and letting people know all the cool things that you were doing. You even gave away a bag of your castings at the end of it. And I, I kind of had wished I'd gotten that, but then you guys just handed me a bag. So I really appreciate that. But without further ado, I want to welcome Ricky Ludeman and Tina Flakowitz to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're excited. Absolutely. So listen, why don't we start, Ricky, I know you founded Ozark Compost and Swap. So why don't you give us your quick and dirty superhero origin story and and actually why, you know, why you decided to start this business? Yeah, actually I just read a book a, a while ago of asking those questions and it actually had to go back a few years <laughs> to to really remember why we started it, but honestly, it's not anybody's favorite year, but 2020 I think it was just a really tough time for the world. And honestly, I think I just wanted to do something more and better for the world. I think we all have a lot of the same visions. Mine was, you know, environment. How can we do better for the environment? And yeah, so I was living in Denver at the time. We used a service very similar to Ozark Compost and we wanted to be back in Northwest Arkansas. So I thought bringing this type of service to Northwest Arkansas would bring a lot of value. So yeah. So you decided this would be the business to start up. This would be the business. So yeah, I left my job and yeah, did this full time. So about a year and a half now. So I think, yeah, 2020, the idea started to come alive. And I think into the 2021, we jumped and committed and started Ozark Compost. That's cool. Now, had before that, had you had any other entrepreneurial experiences? Zero. Zero. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, total okay. noob here. So man, man, I love I love hearing stories like that. You know, and it's it's funny because we we talk about people here on this podcast. It's it is the intersection of business, culture, entrepreneurship, and life here in the Ozarks. And, you know, you actually tick off a number of those boxes with your business. But I, I always find it interesting when people decide to pivot from nine to five jobs, and I'm using air quotes here, you can't see it on the podcast, but I mean, a lot of people have nine to five jobs, but have dreams and desires of one day starting a business. Did you actually have a desire to do that at one point in time? Or was this more born out of, hey, you know what? I got all this extra time on my hands. The pandemic is what it is. And so let me let me think about what I might want to do next. Yeah, that's a, really, that's a good question. I'm slightly stumped. No, I had no intentions of being an entrepreneur. Again, it was just like, I think I can bring more value to the world. And I think I can I think I have at least called the mental mindset to entrepreneur. And I think too, it started reading in 2020. I'm very thankful for, I guess, 2020 in those regards is 
started reading a lot on, I don't know, finances, other entrepreneurs. And then I yeah, just one day it just sparked and, you know, I wanted to work remote in Northwest Arkansas for the, the job I was working at. And then they said no. So from there, it was just like, okay, we're full on entrepreneur and we're going to do this. And so, yeah, I don't think I ever had any visions or wants to do it sure, until, sure. yeah, until about, yeah, 2020. It's like, let's just, it's, let's just do this. Why not? Right. You decided to burn the boats and uh, <laughs> totally burn the boats, <laughs> completely burn the boats. So, oh yeah. man, I love that. Well, and the reason why I had you just kind of share that is because, you know, I think a lot of times we do things when we see other people do them. Right. And I've had a lot of people that have listened to this podcast that have gone out and then started a business and several guests, as a matter of fact. And so you're no exception to that, but I think it's important. Sometimes people just need to hear other people's stories about what they did and, you know, was fear involved? Absolutely. Where there's was trepidation involved? Absolutely. Was where's my next meal coming from involved in those thoughts? All of that is part of that process, right? But sometimes you just have to get out of the boat and try something and you'd be surprised where it leads to. And I mean, just for those of you that are listening to me talk right now, I'm in a warehouse-like facility with just a, a pretty impressive setup of what you guys are doing here at Ozark Compost and Swap. And so, Tina, why don't you kind of share just a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about this operation here? Yeah, sure. So I'm originally from the East Coast of Maryland. I grew up in a pretty small beach town that kind of blows up in the summer. And so I think just being from a beach type of environment definitely instilled some appreciation for natural spaces. And then I moved down to Austin, Texas when I was 19 and pretty much right away got into environmental organizing. I was with a canvas group. And so we knocked on doors looking to change environmental policies locally and statewide. And that just very much instilled my want for change. But then it also just having so many conversations every day with all sorts of different people, it just like really instilled in me how much common ground we have as people. And, you know, I think at Ozark Compost, we like to say that we're keeping the natural state natural. Sure. And I think common ground and the environment have to be linked because it is there. I haven't met a single person here, no matter where they stand politically, that doesn't enjoy the nature of Northwest Arkansas. Oh, it's to me, it's the fact that we don't have to go too far mm-hmm. out of our backyards to experience the beauty that is Northwest Arkansas. There's plenty of backyards that right. have that beauty. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so that was, you know, I've, I've had the the want to, you know, help the environment and do my part to protect it. Working in nonprofits for a long time, you often sacrifice your financial gains for yeah. those kind of like, you know, the other benefits you get out of nonprofit work. And then when I Actually, the guys at Biodesic who are, they do really great regenerative like landscaping and they're the biologists that we use to help kind of track the quality of our, our products. Sure. I made friends with one of them when I first moved here and he ended up linking me up with Ricky. And then it just seemed like a really fantastic way to help the environment, but also actually make a living. Yeah. And so that was like a no brainer for me to jump right in. And, you know, Ozark Compost Swap, our big goal is just sustainability. We want to be sustainable. We want to make it easy and fun and convenient for other people to be sustainable. Yeah. And it all starts just a route of diverting food waste. Once you can divert the food waste, then it lets us go through all of our processes. We end up with these worm castings as our end final product. And then they have a whole other string of, you know, environmental benefits. And so it's really full circle, lets us just like keep that that vision of sustainability full circle. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because when you think of it, it's like there is gold in the trash. 
Yeah. We just don't know how to extract it, right? Mm -hmm. You guys have figured that out with what you're doing here at Ozark Compost and Swap. And, you know, when you told me kind of the whole, when you broke it down in terms of how you operate and what you do and how you serve the needs of your clients, it's a full circle, right? It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, we talk about the circle of life, but it's a full circle event, right? Where it's like people buy the food, there is food waste that comes from that food. If you save that food waste and then you guys pick up that food waste, you're able to take it and compost or have it composted. And then you're able to take the result of that compost, which means it doesn't end up in a landfill somewhere. You're able to take that and then feed these 200,000 plus worms that are so hungry and they have an insatiable appetite that, you know, they're constantly, you know, chomping at the bit to eat the next round of food that you provide them. And then they provide through their own waste, this casting, which is kind of like the the manna, if you will, of of soil (laughs) that provides or gives you the ability to grow healthier plants, healthier vegetables, to create healthier soil, period, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I I certainly want to get into the science of it a little bit because I don't think people can really appreciate it until you've seen it. And you've shown me, you know, what to the layperson looks like dirt. But then when you really get it under a microscope, it's like, no way, this is not just any dirt. Yeah, it's definitely not just dirt. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ricky, you want to add something to that? Yeah, there's a lot to be said about the castings, but I know our big thing here is a healthy soil is a living soil. Yeah. And, you know, so much, we talk a lot about nutrients, which are obviously vital to plants, but we neglect to talk about microbes and life within that soil and the symbiotic relationship that's actually formed between a plant and microbes is honestly crazy. They, you know, they work together. The microbiology gives the plant exactly what the plant needs. A lot of times we think we know what the plant needs where, no, the plant knows what the plant needs and the microbiology help the plant get exactly what it needs. So we see a lot better quality in soil health and obviously our plants. And one other really cool aspect as, you know, there's a, a lot more push in regenerative farming. Yeah. Can you just for the audience, just tell them a little bit about what regenerative farming is? Yeah. So regenerative farming, easiest way to put it is like no tilling. We don't want to disrupt our soil. We want to have cover crops. And really what that all leads up to is just having a living soil. We're trying to add microbiology back to the soil where the castings we have already has this, you know, great microbiology in it. So along with regenerative farming and healthy soils is besides having, you know, a better crop, better plants, better yields is we also create carbon sequestering. Okay. So What's cool about this is a certain percentage of carbon dioxide goes to our plant. A certain percentage comes out as oxygen for us to breathe, which is really important. The remainder of the carbon actually gets stored in the soil. So the microbiology is able to store that for us in the soil so we can sequester a large amount of carbon within our own soil just with healthy living soils. So it's powerful stuff. Yeah. And I know you were telling me offline that Using these castings and the microbes that are introduced to the soil allow the soil to just operate at a much more efficient level, right? And Mm -hmm. so you don't, maybe it doesn't need to be watered as much. It's just a healthier soil. And the thing about this is that the the long-term effects are experienced over and over again, based on what you were telling me. Because I asked, of course, for those of you listening, if, if you don't know, I grow elephant ears every year. In my backyard, it's one of the few things that I can grow. I don't consider myself to have a green thumb, but I do have a lot of plants around the house and it's my wife has always left them to me to take care of. So I take care of them. But it's, you know, 
if you don't keep an eye on it, you sometimes we forget that plants and vegetables and all, I mean, these are all living things and they need the proper environment with which to grow correctly. You know, so I'm kind of excited to see what these castings will do for my own garden, for my elephant ears this year. And I will, will report back at the end of the season to let everybody on the podcast know how well the Ozark compost and swap castings did for what I grow. But I think people need to understand that, you know, it's more than just that, right? And I, I mean, what I'm amazed at, Ricky, is that, you know, just three years ago, this wasn't your purview. Now it's it's like you're talking like you're an expert here, a seasoned expert. So <laughs> there would be some that would argue that for sure. But yeah, it's just just like anything. It's repetitions. It's learning and, yeah. and tons of reading and and, you know, just networking and surrounding yourself with the right people that, you know, are truly experts. You know, we're so lucky we have, like Tina said, Biodesic. And these these two guys are just experts with the soil. And they come here at least once or twice a month and really walk us through what's under the microscope and, and in greater depth. And it's, sure. it's fun because the more repetitions you get under the microscope, the, you know, it's almost like I need to lock the thing up because I'm always looking under it. Because <laughs> it, it's just, it's really neat to see all this life and what this life does in the soil and the benefits. And, and you can see if uh, maybe you're having maybe some issues in your bins that you need to, you know, rectify or maybe like really good things that are happening in the bin. And, you know, you're always trying to like replicate and replicate over and over again. So it's, it's been a lot of fun to see all that and to especially to learn about all that and what these little these crazy little things can do. So Yeah, it is amazing. I can't wait. I know you told me that you guys have a microscope and I, I can't wait to look to take a closer look at at the end result and what that, you know, what that represents. Cause I, you know, I don't I don't know why, but I just didn't think about I mean, I knew the soil was alive, but I mean you're you're giving it a whole new meaning in terms yeah. of what it means to have soil that's rich and alive. Yeah, when you look at it under the microscope, you can literally see these like little amoebas that just run around the microscope screen and they're finding nutrients that they want to take back to the plants and the root structures. Yeah. And so it's really fun to get under there and just like look at all the things moving around. You see like healthy bacteria is moving, you see fungi, you see nematodes, and it's all stuff that, you know, we can look at and know that it's we're putting out a great product that's going to not only just benefit your plants in the meantime, but if after a couple applications of the castings, you've now brought life back to that soil. And so even if you never apply it again, as long as you keep a root structure in that soil, it's going to keep feeding itself. Yeah. And it now has that life in that soil. When you talk about, so let's back up a little bit because I, I want to give the audience just an understanding of kind of like the whole business model. Is this unique to you guys, the way that you guys operate Ozark Compost and Swap, or is this a model that you saw and you decided to bring it here to Northwest Arkansas? I would say this service, you'll, you'll see it in a lot bigger cities. So when we were in Denver, it's definitely the, the model's there. We just kind of added a little bit more to it. We like options. So, you know, essentially we, you get a five gallon bucket, we drop it off at your doorstep. Everything's done at your doorstep. And that bucket is for the compost. That bucket's for all your food waste, anything like that, that can be composted. You can choose between a weekly or every two weeks, which is, yeah, just given, you know, more, more options based on family size or, you know, how much food waste you actually go through. And then, yeah, we come to your doorstep, we, we pick it up and that's where we process and divert everything. We teamed up with Airship Roasters out of Bentonville. So we thought it would be fun to, you know, something everybody loves is coffee. 
So we added coffee delivery to our services too. So we have these refillable canisters that are really cool. So no coffee plastic. Coffee and compost. Yeah, I mean, yep. what's, yep. that's it. Yeah, so. Caffeine and compost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to get that hashtag going one of these there days. There you go. So. But yeah, so we'll actually refill coffee right at your doorstep. So with your canisters, so no packaging. We also do household cleaning products that are refills too. Um, yeah, you work with um, the company down in- Hippie Hollow Hippie Refill. Hippie Hollow Refill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I keep wanting to go in there. They're, they're kind of like right down there in the valley, right before you get to the bypass mm-hmm. on North mm-hmm. College. So, Next to the, the to AMC the Theater. AMC Movie yeah. Theater, right. Yes. And so, and they carry a lot of like, you know, I'd say safer mm-hmm. household items. Very much. And better soaps and other stuff that you can pick up there. And a huge variety too. Yes, a yeah. really big variety of mm-hmm. things. So- I probably need to get them on the podcast at some point in time just to kind of they talk about it. got a good it. dog in there too. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, but I just, I mean, their business model is really good. And, and I think, you know, the overarching idea here for people that are listening to this is that I know a lot of times we hear in the news about all the challenges that our environment is facing and that we're killing the world. I mean, you know, we, you know, we hear that dun, dun, dun. And every night, you know, if you watch the nightly news, which I don't, but if you do, you would think that the world is going to hell in a handbasket. And there may be some truth to that, but there's still a lot that we can do. And that was one of the things that I really picked up in my time in Berkeley, that people were really, really sensitive to the environment, sensitive to taking care of Mother Earth, if you will. And, you know, utilizing a service like yours at Ozark Compost and Swap gives you that connection to, you know, giving back in your own little way to making sure that, you know, we have a healthy planet for our kids. I have three boys and I'm sure they're going to have some kids and their kids are going to have some kids, but we need to keep the planet healthy for those generations to come. Right. And so that's why I'm always amazed when I don't want to get into a political discussion about things, but I'm always amazed at the short sightedness of a lot of people about the health of our environment and how we can cut corners now and we'll worry about it later. That's probably the wrong attitude to take about our environment and about this earth. I think we need to be doing everything that we can in this moment to provide a healthy environment and to give back to Mother Earth, all of which we have been stripping from her on a regular basis. So, and I'll get off my soapbox now, but- No, it's a good one. Yeah, but no, but I think that that's why I see real value in what you're doing, right? And so to be able to find a business model in all of that, where, you know, yeah, you can make some money at it, but you can also do something really good for the environment, I think speaks volumes to where you guys are right now and and what is possible. And so many of these like environmental shifts that a consumer can make, you know, the things you actually have control of, a lot of it just comes down to habit change. You know, we're asking folks to, instead of throwing your food waste in the trash, just throw it in a different bin and throw it on your porch. You know, it's a very easy way to make a big impact. Yeah. And some restaurants have to keep track of their environmental waste and Mm -hmm. and, and how they, you know, what they do with it. And so to me, it's a no brainer. And like I said, it hasn't been foreign to me to compost. It was, but I do, you know, it's crazy because I remember when I was growing up, I grew up with an old school grandmother who would take her, her eggshells and a bunch of other like old fruit rinds and all that. And she would throw it out into the garden in a big hole and then she would cover it up and then she'd come back out in the springtime and it was the eggs and the orange rinds. None of that was there anymore. It was, you know, that's like the old school composting, mm-hmm. right? And so you think of it. So a lot of us grew up with family members who understood that principle. And then we kind of got away from it as more people moved away from the farms mm-hmm. and and more of, of not being in so much of an agrarian lifestyle. And as we move to the big city, so it's different. We're kind of coming back to that now. 
And I feel like I kind of think about that as a positive because it's only taken a couple generations for us to get away from that connection of where our our food comes from. And so that also means it can only take a couple generations for us to get back to that. Yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, to me, it's just like what you guys are doing is putting a best practice out there for people to consider and say, hey, there is another option. You don't have to throw all of that into your garbage can, which eventually will end up in a landfill. You can take that food waste and use it in a different way. Yeah. And, you know, obviously for residential users, there's, I think, a lot of just like personal feel good that comes out of using this type of service, knowing that your food waste isn't going in a landfill. But then on the business end of things, there's a lot of benefit for businesses to be doing things like this. We just sent out our like quarter one impact statements to the businesses that are partnered with us. And we let them know the total poundage of waste they've diverted and how that translates to greenhouse gas. And that's something that they can use in their own social media posts. It's something that they can let their customers know that they're focused on. And more and more consumers are looking for companies to support that have sustainable business models. And this is a piece that helps them establish that. Yeah. I mean, I think we're getting closer and closer to like zero waste. I think Mm -hmm. we can get there. It just, again, businesses like yours and other organizations, I'm thinking of like Food Loops and Mm -hmm. so many others that are kind of doing things that are tangentially related to what you do and to your business model. But the goal there is the same goal that you guys have Yeah, about creating a better environment for the world and figuring out a way to use up or reuse everything that we utilize on a regular basis. Yeah. And even like Ricky was talking about the carbon sequestration that can happen when you have a healthy soil. Right. And so there's kind of that more long term look at this as well, where, yeah, you're keeping your food waste out of a landfill, which food waste in landfills is a huge producer of methane. And so you're doing that. That's a very direct impact that you're making. But then by creating these healthy castings that can then go get applied to soils all over. Right. Now we're making healthy soils, you know, stretching a huge span of land and acreage. And that's all going to also have a huge impact, larger than any impact of just getting rid of food waste. It's just collectively and exponentially grows that impact. So it's great. Yeah, I love that. And so, Ricky... Why don't you kind of walk me through? I'm looking at your member give back. You have a a really nice compostable bag. So there's nothing literally in my hands that is going to waste here. But kind of walk us through some of the different ways that these castings can be applied because it's not a it's not a one to one swap. Right. If I was planting a rubber plant, to use your example earlier, Tina, I wouldn't use 100% of the dirt that I would need for that rubber plant. I wouldn't use it in castings. I would only need a small amount of that to actually be beneficial to that rubber plant. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So yeah, this spring will be our first time we're actually launching a give back to all of our current composters. So everybody will get about a gallon of castings back. And like Randy said, it's in a compostable bag, which we had good intentions for. And then we realized that the microbiology within the bag will start eating the bag. So the bags, unfortunately, will actually compost in about four to six weeks. So just a heads up on that. So I don't know if we'll do that again next year. But yeah, so the great thing about castings is how long, like they can go really long ways. So in our directions, you know, 20% of your growing medium. So, you know, if you got a tomato plant or something like that, you're getting ready to, you know, throw in the ground or your garden, you really only need about one to two inches of the bottom of that hole. If you have perennials, you're just really going to dig out one to two inches around the top of the surface, fill it in with the castings. 
And then we're actually, we'll start launching some more information on how to do extracts. Um, I don't want to say compost tea because those can be like a little... I don't know. They're a little complicated, but yeah. really what we can do is, I mean, we can take a handful of the castings. We can throw it in a five gallon bucket, fill it up with water. We can agitate that bucket and then we can put it in just a normal watering can and you can go water an entire garden with that can and you're actually going to introduce all that microbiology right into the soil and plants. So just a, it's another way to make castings go a really long ways. And then you're actually really going to start seeing a lot more in farming where they're going to actually spray mass acreages with a very little amount of worm castings and extracts like that just to really spread that microbiology. So yeah, little goes a very long ways. Yeah. So, and also in utilizing these castings, once you put them in the ground, they're there, right? That's So correct. that's the beauty of it. It's, it's kind of like the never ending story for those of you that remember that movie back in the day. It just never ends once classic. you do that. So it is classic. So, but I mean, I think that's important to understand that, yeah, you can keep coming back each year and getting more castings because maybe you're expanding or maybe you just have a victory garden and you want to add a little bit more to it. But, but once you put this in there, it's there and the microbes are doing what they do. Yeah. And just kind of back up on that a little bit with regenerative farming. It's the same concept as you know, once we rip all our crops out, once we till everything up, then the microbiology has actually nothing to work with. It needs those plants to work with. It needs those root structures to work with to have that symbiotic relationship. So that's kind of the problem with tilling. And, you know, if we have gardens, it's good to have a little bit of cover crops in there. So the microbiology has something to live off of through, say, winter before sure. you start throwing everything else back in. But yeah, same concept as regenerative farming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that. I mean, you guys are doing some great stuff and I love the slogan that you have here, a living soil is a healthy soil. So man, this is exciting to see what you guys are able to do with those are compost and swap and you're based right up here in, in Rogers, but you're serving all of Northwest Arkansas, right? So there's there's not a place if somebody wants to compost up in Bentonville, they can do that. If they wanna if I wanna do it down in Fayetteville, I can do it and work with you guys. Is that correct? Yeah, currently we're from Fayetteville to Bella Vista. Okay. We've had some interest out in like Siloam Springs, but probably would just need to lay a little more foundation out there to, sure. to really expand. But yeah, at this point, anywhere Fayetteville to Bella Vista, we'll, we'll come pick up. Yeah. So like the milkman would normally come and drop off milk. Mm -hmm. You guys are picking up compost and dropping off uh, clean bins that people can then use. And yep. I think that would be a good idea. We, we may have to take you up on that because we have been traditionally, I think we went old school and got a Lowe's bucket. And then dropped all the compost stuff in there. Mm -hmm. And then we would take, we have to take it to the city of Fayetteville because mm -hmm. they do take it. So most of the towns here in Northwest Arkansas will take your compost, but there is a procedure involved in that. And some people, for some people, that's just a reach, right? Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't know if I really want to do that. And this stuff is stinky and I don't want it around the house. And I remember one time opening up my lid and it was like, maggot city in mm -hmm. there. And I don't know what happened, but it was not pretty. And I was like, oh, and, and you know, I know my wife doesn't like that kind of stuff, but she does. She doesn't mind it. But you know, you. I mean, this the, the thing that I like about your service is that it's kind of like you know, it's just you set it and forget it. Once you get it, you, you just follow the routine every week, every two weeks. Put it outside. You guys pick it up, drop off a brand new clean bucket that has nothing in it, and then they stick that in their kitchen and go about their business. There's that's the beauty of kind of taking the guesswork out of doing things the right way when it comes to composting. Yeah, I would say like our 
most optimal customer are the folks that they know what composting is, they understand the benefits of it, but it's just a little bit of a reach for them to do it. Whether they live in an apartment, they don't have the space to do it, they don't want to deal with the stinky bucket. That That's my partner's biggest problem. She mm-hmm. never wanted to deal with a stinky bucket. <laughs> or they just don't have the time or mental capacity to figure out when they want to take it to a yeah. drop site. It just takes those, you know, there may be independently small barriers, but collectively for a busy person, especially if you have a family and you've got a job that's demanding, it's their barriers that can keep people from doing it. You just take the guesswork away from mm-hmm. it for folks yeah. and then they can just utilize your service and and know that they're doing a good thing and have some benefits at the bottom at the end of the day. Yeah, we try to make it really fun too. So sure. we, I mean, we we team up with uh, other, you know, airships, you know, one of our main partners with coffee. But, um, you know, for Valentine's Day, we partnered up with a, a business called Bark Boy Chocolate. And, yeah. And yeah. Um, we, yeah, we delivered samples to everybody. So all Very of our customers cool. got a sample and then we we were able to launch some stuff for Valentine's Day where our composters could purchase that and we deliver it to their doorstep. We've done a lot of fun stuff with just local businesses. Uh, we're working through this one right now, but last spring we actually did flower bouquet deliveries Okay, uh, with a local flower farmer. So yeah, we try to make it so much more than composting. We try to make it almost like it's this, call it NWA Amazon or sure. something like yeah, that, I like, like that. local I like stuff. That. So we, yeah, we do our best to partner up with so many local businesses and get it to people's doorsteps, create awareness of these businesses. And just, yeah, we want to, it's just want it to be convenient, but just bring so much value to the service. Yeah. So yeah, we, we tried to yeah, just continuously add a bunch of fun stuff like that just randomly. And I think our composters really, really enjoy it. You know, chocolate samples and all that stuff. So. I'm, I'm here for that for sure. <laughs> so, so what would you say before we close, I'd love to hear what you guys both think about just the environment here in Northwest Arkansas for starting and running a business. What would you say about somebody getting a business off the ground in Northwest Arkansas? I mean, you know, this is definitely the closest I've been to an entrepreneur and like, you know, really working with Ricky on these things. And I think the biggest thing is just talking to the community as much as you can, you know, finding out what they want, what their concerns are, and then just being in front of them so that they know you exist. Yeah. I've been focusing a lot on like the business outreach and, and I'll say too, just since we're about to close, you know, I think a lot of the people out there that are business owners and maybe work in an office, they might think that they can't use our service because they're not a business that produces a lot of food waste. But a huge amount of our business partners, we're solely picking up the coffee grounds and filters that their staff, you know, go through each week. Yeah. And so those sorts of things, it's just getting in front of folks so that you can let them know that it is still an option for them, you know, definitely. And I'm with my background in community organizing. I want to be talking to people as much as I can. Yeah. No, I love that. (laughs) I love that. Ricky, you want to add anything to that? Yeah. I mean, um, I actually truly believe this. I think Northwest Arkansas is, is prime right now for entrepreneurship. I think it's prime for up and coming, you know, business owners fortunate to get to, I get to talk to a lot of them. And um, I, yeah, this is a great community. It's a growing community. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking to yeah start, you know, a business and, and jump into entrepreneurship, you know, this is a great place to do it. And, um, you know, if I have any recommendations, it's, it's, you know, just consistency, it's trying it. And just, I was talking to Randy before this, I'm actually really infatuated listening to you ask questions and all that. And that's just because you've had so many years of consistency. You've done it a lot and and you speak very well and um, you ask really good questions. I mean, I've been very, I've been like very infatuated. You're amazing at this. 
but yeah, just consistency and, and dive into it. And I mean, you got nothing to lose. You really don't. So. You really don't. You really, you really don't have anything to lose. And I, I would say that Northwest Arkansas is a very forgiving place. If you do make a misstep or mistake that people will pick you up, dust you off and say, you know, keep at it, you know, keep going, you know? And so I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And mistakes are good. Yeah, they mistakes are. Mistakes are great. I, Tina and I talk about this all the time. When we make mistakes like, hey, fantastic. We Now we got, we have an opportunity to make it right. Exactly. And, do, and then learn from it. So. Yeah, no, exactly. So, well, you guys are doing some amazing things here at Ozark Compost and Swap. If, um, I guess I do have one other question for you. When you aren't tending to all the needs of your warm clients over here, what do you guys like to do here in Northwest Arkansas? Tina, I'll let you go first. I definitely like being outdoors. You know, I like going on hikes. I'm a foodie. I like to cook a lot. Okay. Um, I'm also a big reader. I'm actually looking to join the NWA Rowing Club oh, this summer. Okay. Um, I'm okay. trying to get into that a little bit, just okay. find more reasons to be outside. And, and meet some new people. Yeah. And preferably on water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Well, we have plenty. Of, I mean, the Russian River, the White River, the Buffalo River. I mean, we've got a lot of options yeah. as far as that's concerned. So. What about you, Ricky? Uh, I'm a total dad. I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got a a four year old and a six year old. Oh man! So yeah, they they get to come hang out and see all the worms. But yeah, I'm I'm most of the time just dadding doing and your thing. If not uh, mountain biking, I've gotten the mountain biking here. I guess how how could you not? And then yeah, when I can, I'm up back up in Colorado skiing and. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I love that. Strong love that. dad. Well, as a dad, from one dad to another, I want to recommend a book called. Well, I want to recommend a podcast called The Daily Dad by by Ryan. Oh gosh, I'm uh, I'm just Ryan uh, Holiday. Is it Ryan Holiday? I'm, I'm I'm drawing a blank right now. But it's the Daily Dad podcast, and I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on Ryan's name, Ryan's last name. But he has he has written a number of books and. Uh, Shame on me for getting that, but uh, it, it is um, it is a really good podcast for fathers, and uh, it's definitely it helps me even even though I'm at the point where my kids are are getting older, I can really appreciate the advice that he gives quite a bit, and it's uh, yeah, it's Ryan Holiday. Ryan's written a number of books. He is a stoic. He's written Courage Is the Way. He's written a number of books along that line, but about stoic philosophy and the like, but. Really good, but definitely check out the Daily Dad podcast. It's it's really good. That's it right there. So yeah, so you'll have to uh, yeah. So I'll make sure I share that with you. But anyway, and anybody listening, if you aren't a dad or you know a dad, share that with them as well. I, I love Ryan, and they're really short. They're like two to four minutes, just little nuggets of wisdom that every father needs to get through the day. Because <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, my kids drive me crazy sometimes. But but when I listen to that, it's just a reminder of of the huge honor that I have to be somebody's father. I mean, it's, it's a pretty big deal. So, well, congrats to you on that and keep it going. (laughs) Thank you so much. So yeah, we're over here gushing over each other for being dads. It's all good. So, all right, well, listen, I, I really appreciate you guys joining me on the podcast. I wasn't sure the direction that I would take with this, but this actually became a natural thing. Cause for those of you that don't know, when I was in college, I worked at Greenpeace for a hot minute, okay. like a little bit. Of, so I spent mm-hmm. some time canvassing and raising nice. money for Greenpeace. And I wasn't out on a boat or anything mm-hmm. like that. But I was like one of those guys that was a canvasser. And I actually raised a lot of money for Greenpeace. And, I, and that's always been something that I've held near and dear to me because it really wasn't that wasn't I mean, I understood I understood their mission, but I was able to get behind it. Right. And the why behind why Greenpeace exists in the first place. And um, 
I use that as fuel just to get out and be in an uncomfortable space to knock on doors. And I knocked on thousands of doors and raised a lot of money in the Washington, D.C. area because I went to school in D.C. So, so yeah, so I had a little bit of an experience with that. But, but I say all that to say that I really do have an an appreciation for the environment. And we only, we only get one shot at this and we got to get it right. And, and I really believe that what you guys are doing at Ozark Compost and Swap is certainly playing a a great role in that process. So I want to just say thank you personally. Yes, it is a business. But you also are, are doing something that's very important for, for our environment. So thank you very much for doing that. If people want to connect with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, then go to our website, ozarkcompost.com. Okay. Or if you want to shoot us an email, service at ozarkcompost.com. Perfect. And Perfect. Uh, just all the social media outlets. Yeah. Not all of them. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. And we'll, when we'll put all that in the show notes, folks. Don't you know, you know, we got you covered as far as that's concerned. So everybody that's part of the I Am Northwest Arkansas tribe, you'll get all the information about how to connect with Ricky and Tina. And uh, maybe even start an account with Ozark Compost and swap and, and try it out for yourself and, and start recycling and, and, and start composting some of the that the, all that wonderful food that you're cooking in your kitchen, all the waste that comes off of that, these worms are hungry. They need it. So please, whatever you guys can do, let's keep these worms, let's keep feeding these guys and uh, and then get some of those castings and, and recycle things, if you will. So, but uh, Ricky Ludeman, Tina Flakowitz, thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Randy. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, there you have it. Another episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast. To learn more about us or read or download the show notes from today's episode, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. You can listen to this podcast and sign up for our free newsletter to keep up with us and all things NWA. Sign up today. You can also subscribe to the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast wherever you listen to it. And please consider rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. And I'm now going to start mentioning Spotify as much as possible, because for those of you that don't know, Spotify is now the premier podcast player out there now. They've actually surpassed Apple, which I never thought would be the case, but so be it. And uh, just remember that our podcast does come out every Monday, rain or shine. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here for another new episode of the I Am Northwest Arkansas podcast next week. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of I Am Northwest Arkansas. Check us out each and every week, available anywhere that great podcasts can be found. For show notes or more information on becoming a guest, visit IamNorthwestArkansas.com. We'll see you next week on I Am Northwest Arkansas.